Hi, Delphina here to tell you that Ghost Junk Sickness is available on Hive Mill. It's Crispy's comic about two unstable bounty hunters in space who are pushed to pursue a deadly and elusive bounty called The Ghost. You can get books one through five as PDFs, as well as keychains, posters, and more on HiveMill.com. Just search for Ghost Junk Sickness. Thanks for supporting us and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Screen Tones, where we talk anything and everything webcomics. Today, we're going to be talking about marketing, that thing that helps potential readers know about the creative work you're making. I'm Vera Thane, my pronouns are she, they, and I make Chiralt and Witchwood. Hi, my name is Claire, also known as Clam. My pronouns are she, her. I work on the webcomic Phantom Marine. My name is Delphina. My pronouns are she, her, and I make the comic Sombulous. And I am Crispy. My pronouns are she, they, and I work on the comic Ghost Junk Sickness. So, marketing. You've got a cool new comic and you've put it online and now all you gotta do is get people to read it. Easy, right? Unfortunately, letting people know your comic exists and where to read it is a whole different ballgame than just making the comic itself. It can be very challenging and for a lot of creators, disheartening too, to realize that the act of posting a comic online is just the first of many steps that you've got to take to find your audience. So today we're going to get into those steps and talk about what they are. All the stuff, different tools and websites that you can make use of. The episode's format is going to be a bit different just because there's so many categories to tackle. We're going to start with social media and Clam is going to tell us a bit about that. I'm certainly going to try. I've written up a big thing full of all the advice that I could think of just kind of for like a welcoming package, I guess. If you're starting out on social media, like your very first day with a webcomic, you're trying to promote it. What are you going to try and do? I will preface this by saying that I am not a master of social media. I am still learning a bunch of things. I have also not had success on every single platform. I have really only had success on Twitter and then a very, very brief and fiery bit of success on TikTok. I can still give some advice on how kind of to approach the basics of what to do. So before you start, I tend to recommend that people have at least one chapter of your webcomic ready to read. Doing a cold launch on your very first page with zero followers is probably not going to go anywhere super fast unless it's like an amazing first page that explodes everybody's brains instantaneously. That does happen sometimes, but it's very rare. It's really good to give people kind of a mini story to chew on and talk about and then also share with other people. On the other hand, it can also be kind of cool to see people start a social media account just to show the process of starting their webcomic even before it launches. Some people, they make accounts solely for their webcomic OCs and then people actually get invested in them and then a story comes out of it later. So it kind of depends on how much of the behind the scenes process you're comfortable with sharing just right from the get go. So then you start and what are you going to do? Where are you going to post things about your webcomic? Biggest platforms that I see people using right now are Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok, and still DeviantArt. Facebook might still work as well. I've been away from it for a while, so I don't know how easy it is to build traction there. But 
basically my advice is put it everywhere you can think of it first. But as time goes by, try and foster the platforms that are most fun for you and easiest for you to handle. You don't need to post everywhere all the time, every day. If you're just on Twitter, great. If you're everywhere, great. It'll all depend on what you like and what you can personally handle. Next, decide if you want to have your webcomic account be separate from your personal accounts. Some people do open a whole other account on a site just for comic news and updates, but not everybody does. You don't need to. I kept everything to my own account, partially because it's easier to manage and partially because over the years, I basically learned that my comic is me. <laughs> like I'm part of it and it's part of me. So they kind of go together. But if you want to have one account for comic stuff and another for personal shenanigans, go for it. So then how do you get some visibility? You're ready to go. You've started out. You're on maybe several platforms. Now is your time to experiment. Try a bunch of different things, post in different ways. You're just kind of throwing ideas at the wall and seeing what sticks. Talking to people here and there is really, really nice. You don't have to, you know, be super social all at once, but showing genuine interest in other people really does go a long way. Don't let low engagement at the beginning get you down either. It's not common for someone to come into a new platform and have everyone go like, oh my gosh, you're amazing, ah, on a huge scale. You have to be okay with very slow growth at first, but you know, you're know you going to be telling some people about your work, then they'll tell their friends and some other people. It'll be pretty exponential past a certain point. But when you're starting out, another way to get visibility is just to participate in certain events or discussions. Most of them apply to the art community in general, but you can totally include yourself if you're making a webcomic. Crispy is going to talk about a lot of these bits with regard to community a little later on, so I'll leave most of that to them. But very quickly, there's art share threads, where you share your comic, share your art. It's actually been the best way that I've been able to personally grow. Weekly comic chats, the one that we all know best is webcomic chat on Twitter. You can absolutely follow it and check out their weekly discussions about anything having to do with webcomic making. I like also making memes and participating in ones that pop up overnight. It's a good way to kind of give people the vibe of the comic that you're making just because it's so easily recognizable and understood. Showing your process is also fun. People really like to see sketches. People love seeing your works in progress. They like actually seeing you film your screen and put it up on TikTok, kind of like a window into your studio. It's not bad to embrace the messy stuff. Not everything needs to be super polished. Another thing that helped me is art raffles. People retweet and follow you and get a chance at winning some custom art. And you also get more followers as a result. It might not get you a ton of new readers, but it can show people your art, get people to check out the rest of your work. It's a really good form of promo that isn't directly linked to the comic, but it does work in a pinch. Technical things about social media. When to post. It's very important to know the best times to post on every social media site. It's going to be different for each of them. Do some research on peak hours. In the case of Twitter, I usually post things around 9 a.m. Pacific time, which works out to about noon uh, Easter time, which is when everybody's going for lunch. But there are more than that, there are times during the day where you just don't want to post things. There are dead zones where beautiful posts go to die. You don't want that. Also with hashtags on Twitter, try to limit your hashtag usage, but using hashtag webcomic or hashtag webcomics can be helpful. On Instagram, you can go hog wild with them. On TikTok, you don't have unlimited hashtags, but you can still include a lot of them. In general, just look at what other creators are doing. Literally just copy them on their hashtag usage. Just do it. Steal the hashtags, steal my hashtags, just do it. It's all good. With that all said, there's a lot of nuance to using social media, but those are some quick bits of advice to get you started on your very first day. 
So I wanted to open it up to my fellow podcasters. What social media sites have you used over the years? Which one is your favorite? And have you found a really good way to grow on it? Also, just any kind of experiences of note on certain social media sites that could be fun to talk about. Which one of you wants to go first? Me. You. Me wants to go first. Go, Christy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to touch about you talking about hashtags on the Twitters before I go into my super favorite social media is that one of the cool things about it is participating it and like Clam said just like steal the hashtag or make a hashtag and making a hashtag isn't always something that's guaranteed but if you do end up making a hashtag that takes off that's something that's pretty cool to use and utilize from that platform I know that like in some of the instances that I've had with the community aspect that we'll talk about later making my own hashtag and having other webcomic creators feature themselves in it and one of the things that was really really cool about it was that I got to find out a bunch of comics that you know got to read about it again I'll touch on that later but hashtags are really really cool for that as far as the question my favorite social platform was probably tumblr wah, wah. <laughs> tumblr oh, I'm glad it's still around it's just not what it used to be I mean it is and it isn't it was great because I could organize a lot of images and posts and stuff like that it had those like ask blogs that were really fun and easy to put like your OCs or, or just people curious about your comments and it was just all there we actually got to build like a lot of things for our own comic from people asking about it and some of the prompts that they gave I was just like oh that's such a good idea and now I'm workshopping it and now it's in the comic because these people are asking about it I love that yeah unfortunately because of the slow you know (laughs) December 17th (laughs) (laughs) um, it's just not the same to get that kind of traction anymore so sadness Oh, rip Tumblr. Yeah, what about <laughs> you, Thane? How about you? Well, I'm most active definitely on Twitter. I was active on Tumblr. I started on DeviantArt. So that's been kind of the three main platforms that stick out in my head, I guess. I feel like I've had the most success on Twitter. I made an account in 2009. And then I didn't touch it for years and years until 2015 when I ran my first Kickstarter. And a friend of mine was giving me advice on like how to market and was like, you have to post about it on Twitter. And like, I'll retweet you, just tweet about it on on the Twitter. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll do Twitter. And I made a tweet for my Kickstarter. And then turns out I had a bunch of friends who were on there already. And they retweeted the like Kickstarter post for me. And then I was like, oh, people... People are here. That's awesome. So after that, I was like, okay, I guess I have to stay now. (laughs) And I kept hanging out on Twitter. It's always helpful to have other people already there, but it's not always the case. So you you got really lucky that way. Yeah. I mean, I had been at that point making a webcomic for almost a good decade by then. So I kind of had a network of folks that I had interacted with, like in other spaces, Skype. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm old. Anyway, Twitter was like kind of where I lived for a while. One of the things that I've always enjoyed about Twitter, actually, this was touched on in the hashtag section, but the webcomic chat, that's been around for a very long time now. There actually used to be a bunch of other hashtag chats that people would talk about, and all of them have since kind of faded away. But the webcomic chat is like immortal. It's gone through different mods. The idea is every week, the account, you just follow the webcomic chat account, And at a preset time, currently Sunday afternoon around 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, they'll start posting a series of questions about 
comics. It'll usually be themed in some way. Like sometimes they'll have marketing as a theme or like art or something like that. And they'll all be kind of targeted. There'll be five questions that are posted 10 minutes apart and different Twitter users can answer the questions on their own Twitter account and use the hashtag webcomicchat. And that way, anybody who's going to the Twitter search can look up the webcomic chat hashtag and they can see this whole conversation happening. You can use some third-party apps to literally get it in real time. I feel like those apps have kind of turned over over the years, but just going through the Twitter search bar and toggling it to latest and kind of refreshing will give you sort of a bird's eye view. And I found a lot of different creators that way, which was a lot of fun. Oh, I was just going to say, you can still like do like little lists on TweetDeck or something like that. If you want to follow these chats, you can just have one that follows that hashtag. And it's it's really convenient to like keep you updated if you're participating real time. How about you, Delphi? Yeah, what are some experiences you've had on certain platforms? Oh, gosh. So I've been around for a long, long time, too. And so my very first platform, if you could call it that, was LiveJournal. And <laughs> I posted stuff about my comic on LiveJournal and DeviantArt. I've done like just about everything. I actually really liked Google Plus, if anybody remembers Google Plus, but that's gone now. So right now I like Twitter. It's definitely the most active and interesting. I enjoy the process of posting on Instagram and Tumblr because I can pre-schedule a lot of things. I do a lot of art. So just being able to go into something like later or go into the drafts of a tweet and schedule it to post for some of those later times that you were talking about. So I'm not posting in the dead zone because I'm an early bird. I'm up very early. And a lot of times I post things and they never get noticed because the algorithms just nobody's there and the algorithms don't push them up. But I can pre-schedule things and then they'll be there at the right time. So I like Tumblr for that. I like Instagram for that. And Twitter recently introduced that too. I'm also on Pillowfort. I want to kind of talk about Pillowfort because there's a little bit of traction there. I wish there was more. And I think more people should be on Pillowfort because they're doing a really cool thing. And it reminds me of LiveJournal. So yeah. I really love the look of Pillowfort. I know that it went through some shenanigans at launch, but I loved how it was feeling like Tumblr. And I hadn't really felt like that in a while. So I, I hope that it kind of comes back. There's a lot of platforms that kind of show up, drop off, but some of them do come back. So I don't know. It's nice to try anything new that pops up because you never know what might take off and you could be the first person there. <laughs> like Buzzly. Like Buzzly. Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Buzzly is a new art platform that opened up, I believe, last year, 2021 in October. They're still in beta right now, but it's this gorgeous new art site that's really geared toward gallery communities and whatnot. I'm having an absolute blast uploading my art, organizing it to galleries again, commenting on people's art, finding new artists to look at and having a lot of the customizable kind of features for your page. I'm having an absolute blast and I 100% suggest anybody's looking for a platform to just be so much about art. I, Buzzly is is there. The buzz on Buzzly. I like it. <laughs> the buzz buzz. 
And I think to your point, Pam, it's just people are going to resonate with different things. So it's so important to just like make accounts, try things, see what the vibe is, because everybody's going to have a different experience. And your comic might be, I guess, received differently on different platforms. Like there's a lot of overlap between something like Twitter and Instagram, but like I have not been able to grow on Instagram, partially just because I don't draw as quickly as it kind of demands. And I feel like that's a very common thing with a lot of people. They're just like, I cannot produce art fast enough for Instagram. Like it's meant to be more kind to people doing photography or anything involving film. I at least I find, but the people that can grow on it and have grown on it, I'm just like, whoa. Like I I wish because I feel like the outreach there, it's kind of like an in-between between Twitter and TikTok. Like TikTok, you can get so much visibility very, very quickly, almost to an insane degree. But Instagram, I feel like is kind of a good middle ground where you'll be able to find things more easily than you would on Twitter. Twitter is hard to find things. It's actually kind of sad. Like it's great for promotion, but for more specific, like I want to find this and I want to find art and not just text posts like it's difficult i like it for a lot of reasons but not that (laughs) it's terrible at archiving it has no like staying power like i remember when i kind of went back to tumblr very recently after being away for a little while i realized that i was still getting notes on posts that i had made like two or three years earlier Mm. and i realized that i have gotten unused to that because twitter you post something it'll get a bunch of notes like for 24 hours after it's posted and then it's like it never happened it just disappears And that's the thing with TikTok where it's like, I, again, it's like a whole experiment where it's just like, just drop something and see what happens. I remember, yeah, the thing that I posted that got the biggest, like it's still getting traction like three months later and it comes in waves as well. Like there's no clear, I guess, delineation. Like I don't boost it. I think it just depends on other people boosting it or whatever algorithm is just like, hey, you want to see this? I guess we'll pull this from the archive. Like, I don't know how it works, but I've grown faster on TikTok than anywhere else. And I'm just like, this is this is witchcraft. What on earth? But gosh, that's a lot to already start with for social media. I better uh, hand it off to Delphi to talk about the magic of cross-promotion. The magic of cross-promotion. Yes, it's magical because it's also related to friendship and friendship is magical. But you don't actually have to have friends at first. One thing that you can do is look into listings. There's different websites that are there to share your comic around. Some pretty easy ones are like Piperca, Comic Rocket. There's Top Web Comics. There's Web Comic Library. And we'll give links to all of these. But basically the idea is you're going to either make an account or message somebody with the information about your comic and they'll put it on their list for readers to browse and find. Sometimes there's like tags or sections or categories. So that's kind of nice. The good news is they're very easy to make, but if you're just starting out, you might want to gather some materials to get the most out of them. You want to make sure you have a good set of promo graphics on hand and a good set of descriptions and tags to briefly describe the premise or hook of your comic. So really work with your elevator pitch to make it as compelling as possible. Work on your art to really capture the mood and appeal of your comic. Graphic design is your friend. Branding is your friend. You know, a nice logo will get you pretty far. And just coming up with a lot of different options that you cast 
or try out with audiences. That's a really good idea. And these are all really great things to run by a critique group to fine tune because it can be really hard to get out of your own head sometimes, like thinking about what is my comic about? I don't know. (laughs) So that's listings. Similar to listings, you can also mirror your entire comic in different platforms to grab different audiences. Again, there's places where anyone can just make an account and start posting their pages. There's Comic Fury, Pappas, and Webtoon are ones that are kind of newer and more oriented towards mobile readers. Drunk Duck is a oldie but goodie and has some a few people around there. You can also adapt Tumblr for those purposes. If you have more of a strip format comic, you could try something like Instagram or Reddit or Twitter. If your comic is self-contained enough where you're not trying to follow a continuous plot, then those little types of things can really go viral in places like that. And Dilly Hub is a new one specifically geared towards comics that you can post your pages and sort them out. And, And there's also some paid platforming things around there. I think they're still in beta, but you can go ahead and look at where they are by the time this episode comes out. And I think you can make accounts right now. So maybe that's something to look into too. And the idea there is they're great for reaching new people who are already on that platform, but the more you have, the more energy it takes to upload things. And some of them don't have like pre-scheduling pages, which bothers me a lot. So I would recommend, again, like social media, if you make an account there, try it out for a while, see what the vibe is, see if you enjoy being there. And if you don't, then toss it. Another thing you can do cross promotion wise is reach out to other webcomic creators or readers in your circle to help get the word out. You might meet these people from the Twitter weekly comic chats that we were talking about. You might meet them in like Facebook communities. I've met people on on Google Plus or Discord servers or you know, if you're following people on Webtoon or Tapas, ideally you're familiar with their comic, they're familiar with yours, and you have a good enough relationship to propose an exchange of banners or shoutouts or links. Now, if you've got your own site that you're hosting on your own, you can have a whole page of links dedicated to your favorite web comics or put them in your sidebar. So that's really nice. But even if you're on something like Webtoon or Tapas where you can't link things directly. You can put banners on the ends of your episodes or talk them up on your social media account. Just kind of get that karma going. That said, please, 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 please be respectful of people's space because it can really stand out if you're spraying 20 different people who have never heard of you all at once with the same DM. Don't do that. And you do have to invest a little bit in other people's comics. I know a lot of us like to say, well, I'm too busy making my comic. I don't have time to read and write about other people's comics. But I'd really encourage you to try and make that time to reach out to read them and engage, not just for marketing purposes, but because it's good to have peers who are in the same place as you to get advice and stuff. And It's so enriching. It's definitely what's made it worth it for me in the long haul. But the thing is, if somebody isn't really responding or reciprocating and reading your stuff the way you're reading theirs, respect that too. Because we don't all have time. Some folks are very busy. Some folks are just not going to like what you're doing. And that's okay because you don't like everything everybody else is doing. So just understand that. Be chill. Just move on if that's happening for you. 
once you get into more formalized groups for cross-promotion, then we're talking like collectives. And I love collectives. I've been a part of the Spider Forest webcomic collective for several years now. We've been around for 18 years, since 2004. And we do application seasons every year for new comics. Our focus is very active. We're interested in making a good community support space and actively doing projects together throughout the year, like anthology books and critique sessions and figure drawing sessions. We cross promotion wise, we have a few banners on the tops or sides of all Spider Forest webcomic sites. And you'll see links to other comics in the group randomly cycle through. And we've also got spiderforest.com, which is a big website with a list of all of our comics and it's great because if anybody reads any of the comics in the group they've got a good chance of seeing your comic and knowing that it's also good and kind of similar so like i said i'm in spider force there's other collectives out there if you have seen around there's a radio which is a magical girl collective for people doing magical girl boy nb type comic there's collectives of superheroes, which is focused on superhero comics of various stripes. Woolwolf is another one I've seen around, and they seem pretty all-inclusive. And Hiveworks is is not a collective, it's a publisher, but it's got a lot of similar community activities. It's got that big hub website and and they benefit from exchanging links around to different similar comics and applications are open sometimes very high quality comics there but if you're not going for any of those collectives you can also make your own all you need really is a little web space and someone who really likes yelling about comics a lot and organizing activities the challenges with collectives they can be very difficult to find especially since most of them are very small. I don't know that lots of them are open to applications from complete strangers. Spider Forest, we do open applications. We have an open application season in the summer, but because we're all volunteers, we have to limit who we accept every year. We have to limit it down to a certain number because it's very hard for us to manage too many people at once. And I think it's the same way around Hiveworks. There's also a lot of work and organization that goes into comic collectives. And because of this, when life happens at the most active members or the leaders of collectives, and it will, and it does, they can really die on the vine after only a couple of years. Like I said, Spider Forest has been around for 18 years about. The secret to our longevity is having a lot of active members and trying to keep tabs on who's having big life shifts and have a lot of admins cycling in to keep the momentum going. So just that's kind of like the thing I would watch out for with collective. But yeah, cross promotion is really strong and really great. It's a good way to connect with other people, really share your experiences and share your audiences. So yeah, what what's all of your experiences with with cross promotion? I guess uh being also a Spider Forest member. Yeah. That banner rotation was kind of my first introduction to kind of a formalized cross promotion network, which I thought was pretty cool. Like it was very special when I first was accepted being like, oh, "Now I'm in that banner rotation and I'm going to appear on all these different comics. And it's also just kind of nice knowing that like other people are also going to be benefiting in turn from your own audience. One thing 
that unfortunately online culture has kind of moved away from this a little bit. But one of the things that I used to really enjoy doing on other web comics back in the day, it was really common for people to maintain a links page where they would host little banners of all the stuff that they were reading. And I would spend so much time going through those lists and building my own reading lists. And then I would put them onto my own links page. And I spent a lot of time kind of curating it and adding stuff to it. And there was actually... Like there's something really validating about it, I guess, because often I would go through every maybe three months or so and I would add new comics and I would take off dead links. And often my readers would notice and they would leave comments on my page like, oh, I'm reading that comic too. I love it. Or, wow, I just noticed this one. And I was like, oh, they're looking at it. It was kind of a nice, I don't know, a nice feeling like, oh, I'm helping other people too. It's almost like like a part of it. Well, it is a, a word of mouth. Like that's it's a different vein of having that kind of word of mouth and having that on the platform or I guess, yeah, the place that you host at your comic and, and just having that access to kind of promote other people's work based on your own tastes and stuff like that is actually really powerful. I also wish that was still more of a thing. I feel like we can maybe bring it back <laughs> to some kind of degree. Even talking about, like I said before, with Busley, I was very intrigued to see that signatures were a thing <laughs> when you sign up. So I'm just like, maybe the old ways can come back and you can create those kind of like web ring kind of classics. Oh my god, I can't wait to have a washed out like a super exposed picture of Sephiroth <laughs> with sparkles on top. It's my signature. Oh my god. Says read Witchwood. <laughs> but do read Witchwood. I mean it would work on me. So. <laughs> when does Sephiroth show up? <laughs> <laughs> That's chapter 20. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Sephiroth is canon in Witchwood. You heard it here on Screen Tones first. Yes! Oh my god. Just kidding. Don't sue me. <laughs> A lot of cross-promo does fall into those communities that you kind of like jump into and kind of start to create. And a lot of those relationships that you can get from other creators and whatnot is really imperative to kind of continue the growth on your comic. And so, yeah, communities are really, really important when you want to kind of continue that growth in the web comic scene. And I mean, the hardest part is taking that first step to introduce yourself into these communities, whether they be, you know, webcomic creators on places like Twitter or Tumblr, but especially Discord over the last five years has very much exploded in creating those communities and having that nice little hub for people to kind of get to know each other and to kind of make connections and grow from that. And a lot of incredible things that you can kind of come up with is, you know, getting to a, know each other and, and understand their process and learn from their process. But also you can kind of feed each other some some readers. Now, one thing I will say as a disclaimer for anything is that your peers are never or <laughs> not necessarily going to be your readers as well. So it's one thing to keep in mind to be very considerate when talking about your work, you know, to just kind of talk about it as if you're peers and not necessarily talk about it when, you know, you have some spoilers and stuff like that and try to hype them up and, and whatnot. Like you don't have to advertise to your friends all the time. It's just a little bit about being more respectful of the space and stuff like that. But I mean, sure, they're definitely going to get hyped up about the work that you create. 
Anyway, the section that I will be covering is going to be about the social presence in the community that helps with like marketing opportunities as far as web comics go. So word of mouth, art shares, hashtags, and communities make a huge difference when you want to actually get your web comic out there. Unlike traditional publishing, a lot of webcomic community revolves around your personality and how you give and take from these like little places that you make. And a lot comes around with the connections that you've made over the years, and a little goes a long way. So the give and take mentality goes quite far when you're reading someone's comic, you leave kudos or feedback, even word of mouth to peers to help the community grow, and your own comic. So say you're going to be reading whatever comic and you leave some comments to some of your peers to your readers say hey check this out it actually can feed back into your own comic other people on said comic that you were talking about can actually start going to read your own comic too it's why one of the reasons on twitter some people actually put your username is making comics or anything like that it actually comes back to feed back into what you're creating and stuff like that so again saying that you liked comic x maybe it will spur a person to read your comic or even strengthen the bond and relationship to more potential readers so being really active in the community is a huge sense of marketing it does help again with a long kind of run i've done it many times myself and i've had like major announcements on my own website or milestones of other people's comics that i've liked or wanted to support my friend group my community and it's just It's kind of like going back to that old link share that comics had where you would post on your website your links of comics that you're reading and people would go to check that out. It is all part of the community aspect in webcomics. It's also really, really hard and almost impossible to measure how to control it, but it is essentially, in my honest opinion, one of the most powerful tools to get your work out there as well because word of mouth really, really, really goes far. This can actually lead to some kind of fun, cool things like art trades, starting hashtags like I've mentioned before. Being in the webcomic community, I actually created the hashtag meet the webcomic. And once a year, I actually try to revive it. And basically what you're going to do is you, with the hashtag meet the webcomic, you put a little thread of your comic together, explain the basic plot, maybe a log line, some of the characters, the themes, and then at the end of it, you're going to say, here's a link to it, check it out, and, you know, share each other's work and stuff like that. I've actually seen and met and started reading a bunch of webcomics from this itself, so it's really, really powerful to kind of get involved that way. And also, being involved in stuff like this helps you get and gain opportunities in the communities through other people's posting of opportunities in like discord servers or anything like that even on twitter to be like hey plug your comic into this creator x is looking for that maybe if you make a comic that is fantasy x it applies and you know, things can spark from that. So participating in the community can also make you savvy in a lot of different happenings, like I said, as well as upcoming hashtags like community-made ones or even professional ones is something that I always hear from friends kind of being like, hey, it's coming up next week and stuff like that. And it's kind of nice that there's like an internal clock of, or I guess internal calendar of other people being like, hey, this is coming up. Hey, this is coming up. And you have that preparation, just being in those communities for that marketing for your comments. So basically, 
<laughs> the biggest thing is that participating in these communities gives you the opportunity to lift and be lifted by your friends, peers, and readers. It is hard, like I said, to measure it and to know exactly how to refine it and stuff like that. But I mean, I've met everybody on this podcast because of that. And because of those relationships, I've grown as a creator, I've grown as a reader to understand people. And it's honestly a very, very powerful tool for your own self and for getting your stuff out there. And with that, I did want to ask everybody, like instances in the community that you want to share that were actually really, really uplifting to your webcomic journey. I think in general, just anything that's super genuine. It's basically how how I came onto Twitter. Like I didn't know anybody. I had a couple of friends that I knew, but other than that, like I was basically brand new. And just to have people like just message me and say, Hi, I read this. Oh my gosh, like I love it so much. Where did you come from? Essentially, like just being welcoming to new people is really, really lovely. I think there's so many different things that people have done for me. And then I feel like I want to do things for them in return. Like so long as things are genuine, like there is kind of an exchange that I feel is very important. Mm -hmm. Um, And you shouldn't feel obligated to do anything in return. And some people, they make it very clear, like I don't need anything in return. It's okay. But I think a lot of what I've learned in webcomics, just the community in general, has been from people reaching out you know, saying, hi, welcome, like, we're glad to have you here. Mm-hmm. And then just from them being nice, it makes me want to read their stuff. Yes. Like, it it gives me a vibe where I'm just like, I could connect with you on this. Like, I could come and appreciate your work because you appreciated mine. Like, it's a bit of a exchange at first, but then it can really blossom into some friendships because you're all making webcomics. You're all reading other people's webcomics. Like, I would not have discovered a lot of these webcomics that I love if people hadn't talked to me. Mm -hmm. And I think the community aspect, again, it all branches outward kind of like a spider web. Like you've got one person and then they connect you to two other people and then two other people. Like you can start out small, but just genuine, good, nice interactions with people really do go a long way because we don't have enough of that sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's kind of strange to see in, you know, certain circumstances, but when it shows up, you're just like, oh, I'm so happy to be appreciated. Yeah, I think it's definitely that genuine aspect when you have communities and just seeing someone genuinely appreciate your work or genuinely want to talk to you and not use you as a step for promotion, too, because that is a pitfall that some people do fall into and, kind of, you know, oh, another person to, you know, look at the links that I'm going to drop and read my comic and then run away. And it's kind of like, yes, it's a valid strategy with, you know, some of the things that you do. But you know, if you want a connection and and a community from it, there's going to be a little bit more legwork required to you know, step out of that because not every group is going to have someone who's also very welcoming either. Not every group is going to have like a school teacher person that's going to be like, oh, now, you know, Claire, now Claire talks to Thane and Delphi, you go talk to Crispy. Okay. Uh, they're not yes, gonna- ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Can I change partners? <laughs> Oh, excuse me. No group projects. No. 
(laughs) But it's it's some people really, really kind of hope for that. And, you know, it's kind of funny because like I know that as the creator community, a lot of us are wallflowers. A lot of us can be shy, too. So sometimes you will run into those situations where everybody's just too shy to start something or or too anxious to say something else. So it's just like there's got to be a little bit of pushing yourself into some discomfort out of your zone of comfortness and you know getting out there and and being you first before your work really really helps yeah I think for me it's just you want to show that you're a good person and you want to show that you're good to work with I think if you have Mm -hmm. those two things and if you're portraying those two things in all the spaces that you are like in social media but also in discord groups and stuff like that that's naturally attractive to people that's naturally going to get people to come to you and say hey who are you and what are you about and I think that's just how I approach anything. It doesn't really even matter like if it's where I am or how big or small the group is. Once you start making those connections with people, it's exactly like Claire said, it's just like a spider web that like starts expanding out. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> just like a spider forest just web. Just like a spider forest web. Yeah. You grow a tree and there are branches and then the branches have spider webs yeah. and you've got spiders and it just keeps going. <laughs> Look, it's a good name. I can't help it. (laughs) But yeah, it's just communities are so nice. It was one of the very first things that I thought about because there were so many great communities that I was part of as a reader of web comics and I'm like I want to make that for me and so I wanted to make forums originally but forums kind of went by the wayside I still have a small flicker of hope in my tiny little heart that they'll come back one day but not right now we'll see but but yeah discord's great I like discord lots of different servers lots of different focuses for that so yeah get on discord people spider force is a discord too It's the spiritual successor to both Skype and forums at the same time. Yeah. And also, I love the Screen Tones one. I just want to say that again. The Screen Tones Discord server is super fun and super hopping. So it's great. Come on in. <laughs> time of recording, it's like two days old, but we, we love it. We had an almost 24 hour stream. Like people stopped oh for two God. hours. Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> we can't guarantee that'll be the vibe when this episode goes up, but it's been fun to see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep it up. Yeah. One of the things that's always kind of stuck with me when it comes to collectives is like the sharing of resources and of like skill sets Mm. that really thrives in spaces like that. Something that is very helpful to kind of, you know, keep going in the marketing uh, direction is when you are preparing to advertise something, you can often get a lot of incredible advice from your peers. And just whether it's from like a strategy and like shop talk or like very specific things like if you're trying to create a cool flashy banner that you're going to put up on top web comics or whatever maybe you're not sure about the composition of it or like where should i put my logo should i put on a gradient like is this eye catching enough and you can take your work in progress and share it with people and you can get some really good feedback about like oh what if you nudge that to the left like or you know just marketing advice like people like it when you see the eyes really big on the graphic and stuff like that. Or if you have another important part of a lot of advertising is kind of your copy or what you write about your comic itself. Like how do you describe it? Ideally in like a tweet length and then maybe also in a like roughly webtoon description length, like something that fits in a paragraph and honing that description 
which is often going to be the first thing that a new person is seeing of your comic is really useful. And one of the best ways to make sure that it's solid is just to share it around and get critique and feedback from other people, especially if you've seen their description or their banner and you're like, I know you're incredible at this. Please help me, senpai. <laughs> so this actually leads into the last section of this monster marketing episode, which in the planning document I just titled Other or maybe Miscellaneous, because there's a lot of things to try. They're not necessarily enormous subjects the way like social media is. It's a juggernaut. Like you can't not spend 20 minutes talking about social media. The tools that I'm going to cover now, they're things that you might not want to jump into right away. They can be very powerful, but they require some more upfront investment that maybe not everybody who's just started their webcomic is ready for yet. So the first thing that I'm going to talk about is probably the first thing that a lot of people will think about when you say marketing, which is advertising or you know paying to put ads up on a website somewhere. The two most common and accessible places to webcomic creators right now, there's a platform called Comic Ad which is the spiritual successor to an older website called Project Wonderful that unfortunately folded a few years ago. It had a community of its own. Almost all webcomics were using it. You could sign up and generate a little banner to put on your website and other people could bid to place an ad in that little banner spot that would be displayed on your website. And you in turn could also pay to put your comic in a little banner ad on other people's websites. And because there were like so many comics on this database, there were like thousands of them, you could potentially put your ad onto all of them if you had enough money. <laughs> so that's the uh, kind of the con of this strategy is that if you want to like spread a really wide net, you often will have to spend a little bit of money. There is a free option if somebody has a little spot on their website, it can have a, a $0 bid and you could put your comic in there. But probably if it's a higher traffic website, other people will also want to do that and the price will start going up. So often you'll have to kind of keep an eye on these things. It takes a fair amount of strategy. So you can sign up for Comic Ad and upload your banners and pay a little bit of money. Often the bids are just like, you know, a cent or five cents per day or something like that. It's very accessible. And one strategy that a lot of people use is that they'll put a little banner slot on their own site and then take whatever money they earned and every so often do a marketing push where they'll spend the money that they've built up in their little comic ad bank and put it towards other comics on the service. Another place that is accessible for getting paid ads is Top Web Comics because they actually have a section where you can pay a very reasonable price. I think it's just like a few bucks and your banner will appear on their main page, which gets a fair amount of traffic. It's a little bit up and down, like whether you're going to get a lot of clicks on your banner, because maybe a lot of people will look at it. But if nobody actually clicks on it, like, has it really worked? Although there is an argument that just having it up where a lot of people are seeing it, like they're going to remember your banner and it might make them a little more likely in future to click it because they'll be like, oh, I know this title or, oh, I've been curious for months what this thing is about. I'm finally going to go look at it. So that's kind of paid ads. Another section that I have on here is blogs, reviews and articles. And these are websites that write about comics and that sometimes will put up features of specific comics or write articles about a topic with links to like specific titles occasionally. This is something that 
as creators, we don't have a ton of control over. There are some really big websites like Comics Beat and io9 and Bleeding Cool, and they all like have sections where they talk about comics. But to get your comic on there, you don't necessarily have control because maybe the site doesn't even take submissions, or if they do, maybe all the submissions go to an editor and they can only pick one article to go up like from these pitches per month and they get a hundred pitches every month. So it's going to be a lot of competition. Your work has to really stand out. And so kind of the downside of this is it can pay off to cast a wide net and write these pitches and like submit them to as many places as possible. But you do have to accept that they might say no, you might put in all this work and none of these sites will put you up. And if that sounds like something that's going to bother you a lot, like emotionally or just kind of be hard to swallow, it's okay to just not do it. Like this is an extra step that is best like taken when the comic has already kind of been around for a while. It's sort of settled. You feel a little more experienced. You're ready to kind of branch out and try something new. Or another thing is if you time it to some sort of big project, like if you're running a Kickstarter, sometimes this might be the time to like really take that next step because sometimes these platforms are actually looking for new content. I actually did a little bit of this with my first two Kickstarters. I wrote an article for Bleeding Cool and they put it up, which is, it's a bit different from being featured. Like I wrote the whole content and then I submitted it and they were like, this is an article and it happens to have a link to a Kickstarter in it. And they put that up, but it was like me writing all the words basically. And I'm not totally sure whether they're still open to submissions in that vein. Although there's another website called Medium, which you might have seen articles from, and you can write things up for there. And if you have something like really compelling and that you're passionate about, that you really want to write a whole spiel, a big old essay about, and it happens to tie into your webcomic, like, why not? Why not go for it? In a similar vein to articles, but a lot more fun, I saved my favorite for last, is TV Tropes. It is actually a pretty sweet vehicle for marketing because, I mean, it could be you, it could be a reader who puts your comic up on this website. It collects different tropes, which are popular storytelling devices, like, you know, flamboyant villains or something like that. And if your comic has things in it that are appealing to a lot of people, which, I mean, it probably does because it, it's got to appeal to you at the very least, um, you can get your comic put up on TV Tropes and just kind of check in on it and make sure that it's got like a full... Like if something cool happens in your comic and there's a trope for that, you can add that trope to your comics page and you can also add your comic to the page like listing off examples of that trope. So say you've got like a heel face turn or a major redemption arc or a really cool corruption arc and you know that that's something that people might be looking for like, oh, I love it when stories do this thing. If you make sure that TV Tropes lists your comic as doing that thing, other people can find you like by going through their database. Some people feel like it's gauche to add your comic to TV Tropes yourself, but honestly, I think it's worth it. This is a self call out, but I mean, honestly, just do it. <laughs> yeah, I think too with, with TV Tropes, it doesn't even have to be like that. You could, if you have vampires or something, like there's a vampire list, if there's like other just normally things. And I think we've talked about this in the spoiler episode too, but like, I think people in marketing sometimes get shy about like the big reveal or the big twist or the big hook in their story and not sharing that. But that can be its own marketing in places like TV Tropes or even like in 
the Twitter or, or posts around the internet, like don't be shy with some of the details of your comic because that can be really compelling too. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so does any does anyone have any more thoughts? I do want to bring up one kind of like thing to kind of think about when doing marketing is the fact that you know it is another job like we've said in our hats episode marketing is another hat that you have as a webcomic creator so it does take a lot of energy to do so one of the things to keep in mind when you're kind of approaching this because you know you do want readers and this is this is how you're going to get them is to set a schedule and a format to update to advertise and talk about your comic that works well with you so make use of the cue functions on social media sites that you have so you save that energy to create the actual comic you know and have it all done for you so you can focus on other things places like Hootsuite that have like all of your social sites all together it's kind of cued you hit the button bam you know update posts is everywhere can really help with handling a lot of social media on the go creating your template for your update posts that are easy to access, maybe create a Discord separate with all your concepts, your information to plunk in, have a giant descriptor of your comic, and then a logline version for places like Twitter that only have certain character amounts. And, you know, just kind of have it so that it's all organized. It's really, really easy for you. And you prevent that burnout that could potentially come at you because, again, this is another job to add to creating web comics and getting readers and marketing can sound really, really scary. Don't be scared. <laughs> yeah, I feel like marketing is a subject that like a lot of people struggle with like a considerable amount. And it's a big, scary subject that we had to break up into manageable chunks just to kind of be able to talk about it in, <laughs> in a reasonable amount of time. So Hopefully this episode has given folks a few more tools to kind of approach the subject of how to find readers for your comic. And I think that wraps it up for today. I don't have a clever rap. Oh, no. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for listening. I've been the host, Varathane, and you can check out my work at chiralt.sevensmith.net or at witchwoodcomic.com. I've been Claire. You can check out my work at phantomarine.com. And I'm Delphina, and you can check out my comic Zombulus at Zombulus.com. And I'm Crispy, and you can check out my work at GhostJunkSickness.com. You can say chicken salad Caesar wrap. You're allowed. But that's your thing. No, you can share. You can, you can, you <laughs> Collective can, chicken salad yeah, season. You can wrap. bite the end. Do you want a turkey wrap? I haven't <laughs> picked one for myself yet. I should do that. How about delicious butter chicken? Mm. Yes. <gasps> I like that. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to Screen Tones. Please subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at Screen Tones Cast. <laughs>